Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Cosmo Happy Hour. It's everything you would talk about with your best friends, from sex to celebrity to entertainment. From the editors of Cosmopolitan.com, this is the Cosmo Happy Hour with Elisa Benson. Have you ever said, someday I'm just going to quit my job and travel the world? Maybe you say that basically every day. But what if you actually did that? Today, we're going to chat with real people who basically blew up their entire lives to pursue their dreams of running away from everything, taking a huge risk, and chasing their dream lives. I'm Elisa Benson. This is Cosmopolitan.com's Happy Hour podcast, and today we are talking about quitting your life. Joining me on the panel today from Cosmopolitan.com is our features editor, Emma Barker. Hi, Emma. Hi, Elisa. Emma, when is the last time you wanted to quit your life? Uh, yes. You're like right now on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, this is obviously the highlight of your life. No Five minutes ago, I did quit my life by stopping my walk to stop into Starbucks. And it was just like a mini little quit. Oh, a mini quit. I loved it. I love that. A Starbucks quit. I yeah. do that about like nine times a day. <laughs> Not so good for the old wallet. Um, but so, Emma, you are the editor of this Escape series that just launched on Cosmopolitan.com that you've been working on for almost what like half a year now uh i'd say probably like five months five but months. to be fair the holidays were in there it was really maybe like three or four the, the holidays like throw everything into weird like dog years or something yes. where it's like what is even time when you're talking yeah. about christmas and years so the entire idea of this escape series um the impetus for this was this article that we put up years ago that went super viral right mm -hmm. um so can you talk a little bit about why now what the package is why readers should feel so excited about it yeah, so a couple of years ago, we put up this story about a woman who quit her, I think she was making $90,000 a year at a big New York City job, and she was just sick of the busy lifestyle, she was sick of big city life, and she quit her job, moved to a tropical island, and got a job scooping ice cream at this like ice cream shop, and she's like the happiest she's ever been, and she still lives there, fun fact. <laughs> She actually got in trouble with, like, the locals on the island for writing so that viral. article yeah. because it went viral. And they were like, now everyone knows about our island. Right. No, like, our secret little You ruined escape. our escape. Exactly. Um, so. But anyway, so that I, that article went crazy viral. She was she called into the Today Show. It was huge. Um, and then since then, we've kind of seen this trend of people, mostly millennials, 20-somethings, early 30-somethings, really feeling dissatisfied with their lives. And I think a big part of that is dissatisfied with work. There have been a lot of studies based on work specifically and how millennials are switching jobs a lot more frequently or, you know. It's harder to find a job in the first place. Yeah, it's harder to find a job. A lot of people have jobs that aren't really in their skill set because a lot of us graduated in a recession and had to take jobs that didn't really line up with like what we love to do. So we got stuck in these careers that we don't love. Or you're slaving away at a job and maybe keep hearing that there's no room for promotion or no room to make more money. Yeah, exactly. And that's a function of the recession. Also, a lot of companies cut levels of management so you like there's no upward mobility as they say 
Um, but there's also... Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. No. Um, okay, so one of... Okay, so I think that's that was a big inspiration for this series is, first of all, this article going insanely viral and kind of realizing this was resonating with readers so much. One of the reasons it was resonating so much is this job sort of post-recession climate where you are made to feel at your work oftentimes like you are lucky to have a job at all even if you feel like you're like busting your butt and maybe not feeling fulfilled yeah and I think a lot of people feel that way and a lot of people you know we know Americans work more than any other people in any other country we work so much but if you have a job that's really unsatisfying to you or that's specifically against your values you know a lot of people have jobs that they really don't believe in at all um it's kind of the situation of like oh well I don't have time to hang out with my friends or exercise or like my quality of life in general is really low and I'm sacrificing it all for this job I don't even like like what's the point here right um do you distinguish between um I love that this package is like we keep referring to it but it it's called our escapes series or mm-hmm. escapes package to you is there a difference between a vacation and, a, and an escape yeah totally I think an escape is more about making the vacation your life right um so, so all the people through, talk us through some of the people that you profiled in part of this yeah this so package. so one of the people we profiled who I absolutely love is named Jake Kaiser and she um ran a PR firm in Florida uh, she had a really, you know, high-profile lifeti- lifestyle. She was constantly planning events, do- going to events, socializing. But her socializing was even, like, networking, kind of, like, half for work. She was, like, spending her vacations in St. Bart's, all these fancy places. But even when she was there, she was, like, on email. And she just had this moment where she was sitting on the couch watching, like, a celebrity TV show, like, kind of for work and also on email on her phone and was like, this is terrible. What is my life? Right. And decided she needed some meaning. And so she bought a goat farm. Right. <laughs> as you do. As one does. And she bought a goat farm and she has lived there for a few years now and is just the happiest ever. Um, we are actually um, talking to her a little later today. We will be so talking we'll to get Jake. the firsthand, um, <laughs> the firsthand story about the goats. Yeah. Check in with them, see how they're doing. So, a, and then another story. You know, there's a few ways people are unsettled with their lives right now. A big one is the election. Um, a lot of people feel the what? No, <laughs> a lot of people feel very disconnected with their country after this election and, and that just was feel a, like yeah and that was a huge story right in the aftermath aftermath of Trump's um you know when it was official that he was our president elect now at this point president um about you know the sort of what's it called the Canadian like visa website crashing or something yeah exactly and, and all trying these to get people the hell out. you know like Lena Dunham tweeted like I'm gonna move to Canada or whatever but um you know Obviously, after the election, Lena Dunham has not moved to Canada. Uh, <laughs> as, as of the time, as we're of recording. the time of recording, maybe next week something will change. Right, <laughs> looking at you, Lena. Um, but we interviewed uh, five people who did move because of election results um, from America to Canada, um, and how they did it, and they all did it in really different ways. One woman. Um, decided to apply to Canadian colleges because she was just graduating high school and was like, I don't identify with America anymore. Um, 
and she went to college in Canada and is now applying for permanent residency there. Um, so yes, that would definitely that would definitely be a difference from going on vacation and applying for permanent residency somewhere. Hey, Canada's gorgeous. Yeah, Canada's gorgeous. But also you can move to any country. Right, right. Um, you can start over anywhere. Yeah, and then another thing is uh, just kind of wanting more of a challenge in your workplace. Um, and one really interesting interview we did for that was um, this woman, Kate Rubens, was an amazing biologist on Earth studying infectious disease and all this, you know, had a very rewarding and successful career, but just wanted to push herself more um, and felt that she didn't have a lot of room to do that here. So she applied to do her research in space (laughs) via NASA, and we interviewed her live from the International Space Station where she was doing her research and Amazing. she was also the only woman on board. It was her and a handful of Russian men. Right. For three months, she was up there doing her research, and now she's back. Um, and that is, like, about as escapee as you can get, Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Um, so we're going to dive into hearing from a bunch of the cool people that are featured in this package. But, Emma, you know, you worked on all these pieces. You were the editor on everything. What was the biggest sort of, like, common thread that you noticed between all of these people? I think the biggest thing was not, you know, in the words of Justin Bieber, purpose. (laughs) Um, Like, quite literally, purpose was the the through line here, Um, which is that, you know, there's this new book coming out, I think maybe now or maybe next week, um, by this Harvard professor who writes about... um, how a purposeful life is better than a happy life. And what that means is basically, you know, if you're seeking happiness in everyday moments, you're not going to be happy in the long run. You're just going to have happy moments. Whereas if you seek purpose in life and really feel like the things you're doing have value, you'll be happier in the long run. Um, And I think that's what a lot of these people found was that they had happy moments, but in between those happy moments, they felt really lacking. And... So they sought out finding a life that they um, maybe felt more purposeful or aligned with their values in some way better um, and ended up being happier in the long run. So it really just does all come back to Justin Bieber. Yes. So Justin Bieber is my new messiah. (laughs) (laughs) That is perfect. So let's go ahead. We're going to play an audio recording from the the How Far From Home couple. Emma, do you want to set this up? Why were they included in the escape package? Sure. So, you know, you hear all those stories, those viral stories of couples who, like, quit their jobs to travel the world. And you're like, how are they paying for this? Do they just have a huge trust fund? I don't understand. Like, how it seems so expensive. Yeah. Like, one vacation is like $1,000. So how do you travel the world for years? Right. We can't even afford our daily Starbucks habit. I know. It's actually a problem. Um, (laughs) So we decided to call up three of these Instagram travel couples who just have Instagrams that you would drool over constantly and ask them literally how much money they make how they make it, how much money they spend on different things, how they get things cheap, um, and really break down the budgets for you so that you can look at that and see like, oh, yeah, maybe I could do this. This might be feasible. And it is. It does look really hard. (laughs) Great. (laughs) They hustle. They hustle. They hustle. So that is all available now as part of the the escapes package on Cosmopolitan.com. We are going to give you guys a little sneak peek right now. This is from the How Far From Home couple. My name is Chanel. 
And I'm Steve-O. Yes, and together we are also known as How Far From Home ever since we departed on this round-the-world journey. I think most people know us as the How Far From Home couple, the, the couple with the board. I think we got a little tired of our life back home um, back in uh, 2014, I think, is when we first started talking about this round-the-world trip. And we kind of reached a point early 2014 where we said, well, okay, we see where our lives are going. Friends are slowly starting to get married. They're starting to buy houses. They're starting to settle down, start families. And, uh, you know, and we looked at our lives and we thought, okay, well, we're fairly successful. I mean, in, in our eyes, we were both working in, in ad, ad agencies. And I think we reached a point where we were like, okay, is this, is this it? Is this, is this our life for the next 30 years? Are we supposed to be doing the same thing? Are we also supposed to settle down now and buy a house and just continue growing in, in, in advertising? But I think we, we both wanted a little more out of it. I think mm. we, we wanted a bit of excitement. I think, I think the, the routine of our life and the predictability of it kind of got to us. And, and we were a bit bored with that, or at least I remember being slightly creatively uninspired and obviously both being from the creative industry you, you need to spice things up and I think an experiment is exactly what we wanted what you need to do is obviously start with your wonder list start with your list start with your reason your why 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 are you doing it what what do you want to get out of it I mean we wanted to mush with huskies we wanted to stand in the Alps we wanted to go eat food in, in Italy in France you know what is your reason maybe you want to go and teach English in Asia somewhere maybe you want to go pet some llamas in Peru I don't know um, it really all depends on you so do a bit of soul searching do a bit of questioning find out well what would make my life feel meaningful what would make my life what would what would make me happy and start with that write your wonder list and and then when you have your list, it's quite simple. You you start to research how to get there, what's possible. We're we're going to be doing a, um, a an online learning platform to try and help people figure out what they want to do and, and how we can help them get there. And, um, you know, it's going to be available from April. We're going to be um, launching it on our website, howfarfromhome.com. And we're hoping to get as many people on the road with us as possible. So... If you are interested, then yep. hang around, go have a look at our site. You can go follow us on Instagram as well at How Far From Home, and um, just send us a DM, send us a message, send us your thoughts. I mean, maybe maybe it's something really simple that you just want to know, and you know, for example, where to go in Greece or how to get to Idra in Greece. I mean, we've done quite a few things. We've done, I think, we've been to thirty-five countries so far. I yeah, think. I, I think mean, we're, we're counting them up. Yeah, so w where we can help, we can definitely help. And just remember it. If you follow the steps that you planned, you can actually get there. It's actually really, really easy. You just need to make some sacrifices, like we said, along the way. And trust me, you're not going to miss any of the stuff that you left behind once you are doing what you love. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Our first guest today, featured in the Escape series, decided to quit her life and move into a tiny house with her boyfriend, Elijah. Welcome, Kendra. Hi, Kendra. How are you? Hi, good. How are you doing? Good. And your boyfriend's there on the line, too, right? Yeah, Elijah's here. Hi, yeah. guys. So are, you guys are at the tiny house right now while you're talking to us? 
Yes, we are. Live from a tiny house. (laughs) Um, Our readers are obsessed with tiny houses. Every time we write about them on the site, um, it just blows up. And so we were so excited to be able to share your story as part of this escapes package. So tell us, like, when, like, what was the conversation when you guys were like, let's give up our lives and, like, move into a tiny house? How did that happen? Well, basically, Elijah had already planned when, when we met. He was already in the works of making a tiny house. And so he told me about it, and I thought it was an amazing thing of him building his own house. And um, then eventually when our relationship kind of progressed, it was more like, oh, will you live in the tiny house with me? Will you help me out with the tiny house? And is this going to be a thing? And then it ended up being that. And now we're living together in Santa Cruz. Wow. Well, Kendra, I feel like that's actually a little crazy, though, because I think it's one thing to be like, it's so cool you're building your own tiny house. And it's another thing to be like, hmm, do I want to live in it with you? But were you how did you feel when it when you guys had this discussion about officially doing it? Were you gung ho or were you a little nervous? I feel like I was a little bit more nervous than I should have been. It was just the idea that um we're one of those relationships, I feel like, that we kind of made big plans even just three months into our relationship. And it was kind of um, super exciting, but then also a little bit nervous with my personality and everything and not settling down and everything. But it was eventually just this idea, like, why not? Why not just move into a tiny house? Why not? Yeah, if not now, when? So how big in square feet is your tiny house? Yeah, so the tiny house is it's on a 20-foot trailer, so it's 20 feet long and then 8.5 feet wide. And we have a sleeping loft, which fits a queen-size bed with some extra room on the sides. And then we have another loft that we actually just added. So it's around 270 square feet or something like that. Um, I actually am feeling, like, claustrophobic <laughs> just hearing you talk about it. Um, what has been the biggest adjustment for each of you of moving into... 20 feet by 8 feet living space? Um, I think it would be just changing how much stuff you have and um, my clothes as the amount of clothes I have is drastic change I, I have boxes and boxes of stuff I need to get rid of um, and it's really refreshing to be able to take down the amount of stuff that you have and just down to the necessities and and so what does that mean in terms of your wardrobe like how many things do you have hanging in your what I'm imagining is a very tiny closet in your bedroom right now yeah I have like two pairs of pants um a few shirts so that doesn't take up too much space like three different jackets and um some clothes put away for like summer clothes in Mm -hmm. my so it really is not much at all. And every time I go out, we, we go Goodwill shopping and stuff. And so whenever we go out, we have to think about now, what is, do I have space for this? And if not, is what is this going to replace? This, like one, if you get one shirt, it's good to try to have it replace another shirt. Right. And I think it's also great because it gets you thinking about what you need and I'm less thinking about what and more practical and what will keep me warm and what is just a better piece of clothing to have. Right. 
So you guys are just graduating college now, or, you know, you just did, and Elijah is about to. Um, so mm-hmm. I know, a, like, a lot of people when they're graduating college are really worried about money and how they're going to make money as an adult and pay the bills. How has living in the tiny house, and I'd also like to mention that you guys also live off the grid, so you guys, you have a generator, right, for electricity? Yeah, actually, no, our, our tiny house is connected to the grid. It's okay. Do our, our landlord's electrical. And and you have a, but you have like a composting toilet and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, we have a composting toilet, which took some uh, getting used to. For yeah. <laughs> so how has that affected um, how you think about money and, and how much you worry about it? Um, let's see. I mean, I, I think a huge uh, thing about the tiny house is that it allows me to do the job that I want to do, and that's filmmaking mm-hmm. and filmmaking competitive um, industry and also really difficult to just be an artist and make a living and even though I'm young and I people could argue I don't know what I'm doing and stuff it's still I'm in a situation right now where I'm able to be living the starving artist's life without being starving and being able to um, pay rent and because it's significantly cheaper we're in such a beautiful area where rent is so expensive but since Elijah built this tiny house we're able to um, pay a cheap amount of rent just for land and we can also move it wherever we want so that's exciting and it allows me to do what I want to do you know when Emma and I were chatting at the very beginning of this podcast and I was asking her what was one thing that everyone that was featured in this escapes package kind of had in common and she was like as Justin Bieber would say purpose but it's interesting to hear you echo that Kendra in the sense that you really know what you want out of your life right now you're really focused on your career and so you have molded your lifestyle in a way that might seem unconventional to many people but to really put you in a position to focus on filmmaking and working in this competitive industry where you don't make a lot of money and um, you know I think we get so used to thinking of our houses and our wardrobes and you know it's these sort of luxuries that we need and you're sort of thinking about what you actually need to make your dreams come true yeah yeah definitely and I'm I'm aware that there's probably a lot of people that would love to have this um opportunity and I'm just so lucky I'm with someone who had the initiative to like do what they wanted to do and make their own house and I'm allowed to join that life and also just support with from my parents and everything it's definitely something that I think a lot of people don't have right but um, I'm very grateful for that Okay, so switching gears for a second, like being a little real talk, what do you guys do if you get like in a typical couple's fight and you want to bite each other's heads off, but like there aren't really like you can't escape each other? (laughs) They're forced to kind of work it out. (laughs) (laughs) The bathroom actually currently doesn't even have a door, so technically we live in one. Oh my God, there's (laughs) not even a door to slam. (laughs) No door to slam. And it's been, it's also difficult because you can't really, I mean, we've had been getting a lot of rain here in Santa Cruz, so it's like you can't just go sit outside and breathe because <laughs> you'll be drowning in rain. So 
you just have to figure out a way to work it out. Maybe go up in the loft and take a breather and then <laughs> come back and talk about it. And, yeah. and also, what about date nights? Because in some ways, you know, I think, you know, like going out on a date night is typical for most couples. But even that idea of sort of like cooking dinner together and like, you know, or even like putting on your sexy lingerie, you know, <laughs> some of these things just by, again, nature of the way that you guys live. Um, I would imagine some of those sort of cliche date night experiences aren't available to you in the same way. So how do you keep things romantic in your life? Um... That's a good question. I <laughs> <laughs> I think I I get excited about the little things a lot, and that's just me. Like like if I'm sleepy, and then Elijah gets up and makes coffee for the two of us, that's like the romance I like, and like him playing on the guitar and making dinner together. And I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's something in general that's sort of very romantic or very suffocating, depending on how you look at it, about you guys are together all the time. I mean, literally, you can probably you can see each other every minute that you're home, which isn't necessarily true, you know, for some yeah. couples. Yeah. And I think um, it's been pretty good. We've been pretty good at about not being annoyed with each other constantly and like being able to keep it exciting and I don't know I always look forward to waking up next to you and then um being able to go out to dinner once in a while and treating ourselves and yeah I don't know. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> what what surprises your friends most when they because I'm sure your friends are all like oh my gosh what is what really surprises people when you tell them about living in a tiny house um that's another good question I think it's our space mm-hmm uh, not having a bathroom door. <laughs> yeah. All the friends that have visited us have actually, like, walked into the tiny house and been, I think, pretty surprised all in all. Like, we've set it up pretty nice, and it feels like a home. Like, yeah. There's a lot of picture it as, like, this little, like, shack, like our little, like, cave or something. But we have a ton of windows, and we have, like, a nice little, like, sleeping area where you can actually sit up and, like, read a book or watch a movie and I think a lot of our friends are pretty surprised at how kind of cozy it is yeah it's not like not like some humble like living in a cave life or anything like that right (laughs) right right it's still a home and it's still cozy have you guys persuaded anyone that you know to literally also make this decision Uh, I have a, a friend who saw that I was building a tiny house and started kind of getting interested in it and he's actually currently building a tiny house Wow. Trendsetters. Why do you think there's been so much interest in this? You know, I started off by saying our readers are obsessed with tiny houses, but it's true. Like, do you think there's a reason why people are so interested in in this right now and why it seems like more and more people are making this decision? Well, for me, anyways, I think a lot of it has to do with, I mean, right now in America, I feel like it's just about accumulating a bunch of stuff. And it, people can be really obsessed with what materials they have and what brand they have and everything. But I think that there's a select group of people that want to go against that and live simply and, and see if they can do life in a different way. And pursuing their dreams. Yeah, and yeah, it allows you, like I said before, pursuing your dreams in a cheap way. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you both so much for talking to us. We so appreciate you sharing your story with Cosmopolitan.com, which everyone should check out on the site now, and then for talking to us about it again on um, the podcast. I can't say you've totally persuaded me to live, move into my own tiny house, but I live in a New York City apartment, so let's be honest, it's, it's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> I basically live in a tiny house already. So thank you both so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. Bye. So I want to talk real quickly about my new favorite escape in the kitchen, which is Blue Apron. I've talked about this before on the podcast. You guys probably know what it is. I think Blue Apron has really taken the world by storm because they are a meal delivery service where they are promising to bring you fresh, high-quality ingredients that come from foods and farms that you recognize. So for less than $10 per person per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with the pre-proportioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals that are so easy that even kitchen dummies like me can do it. Each meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-proportioned ingredients that are so cute. They give you exactly what you need so you don't have to do the thing I normally do, which is you buy a ton of produce and then it all rots in your refrigerator. And they can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Cosmo. Again, that's a totally free way to try three meals with free shipping at blueapron.com slash Cosmo. I have already tried this. I'm completely, completely obsessed. You guys know I don't know anything about cooking and I'm terrible at doing anything healthy to take care of myself, but the Blue Apron meals are so fun. I love planning my menu every week. They're delicious. They're easy to do. It's a really fun date night. Or if you're like me and you're single and a date night really means doing it at home with your roommate, that's also so fun too. But I know you guys have heard the buzz about Blue Apron. I know you've been waiting for an excuse to try. So this is your excuse, blueapron.com slash Cosmo. I love it and I promise you will too. And you'll feel super cool getting to Instagram a home-cooked meal. So check it out. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Our last guest today quit her life of making six figures to run a goat farm in Mississippi. Welcome, Jake Kaiser. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Um, Emma actually said when we started talking about this podcast that you were basically one of her favorite stories in the entire piece. Yay, <laughs> so thanks, yeah, Emma. We were like, well, we can't wait to check in with Jake and the goats, see how it's going. Um, so Jake, for those of you, your story is now live on Cosmopolitan.com as part of this escapes package. But for those of our listeners who haven't read it yet, um, you know, what is what would you say is the sort of like one sentence summary of your life story? <laughs> A one-sentence answer. Um, <laughs> no pressure. Well, right. Previously, I had poured myself into uh, everything else in my life, uh, my clients, uh, my uh, man, uh, his business, um, some lost pregnancies, and eventually I found out that I myself was totally lost, and I had to come to terms with the fact that I had to rescue myself. No one else was going to do it. So I did. Enter the goat farm in Mississippi. And so how That's long have right. you how long have you been doing that now? Just over four years. Just over four years. Um and one I wanna ask you a lot of log- logistical questions about your daily life and all of that, but maybe sort of like a less logistical question, a more emotional question to kick things off. How do you know like how did you know that you weren't just feeling a little bit unhappy or a little bit burnt out and that you actually had to make a serious life change? 
it had been going on and increasingly going on for, for over a year, maybe about two years, where I just, something was nagging. Um, it was kind of a gut instinct or um, a whisper inside, maybe, that I wasn't happy and, and I, I wasn't focusing on myself. Um, and I knew eventually I would come to a breaking point, and I did. Were you ever afraid that you would move to the farm and still be unhappy? Absolutely. And that didn't happen, though? No, I wait for months. I waited for the other shoe to drop, so to speak, and it just didn't happen. Oh, my gosh. You've never been unhappy since you moved. (laughs) Actually, I've never been happier. It's Ah. it's a completely different life. But, um, you know, and I still plan on making adjustments, but, but things are going well. And so walk us through a typical day on your farm. Uh, I wake up when the rooster starts crowing, <laughs> and then which already sounds like a wonderful fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I no longer have alarm clocks or use them, um, and that's my favorite part. I think actually, um, I don't wake up angry. I wake up with the sun when the rooster starts crowing, and uh, the first thing I do is turn on the kettle for tea, and then I head out the back door, and. I go to feed the animals and love on them and make sure everybody's okay and um, start the morning that way. And then once they're done, I come in and I make a farm fresh breakfast and then I proceed with work for the day. And then usually around noon, I'll go out and check for any eggs that have been laid and love on the animals again. So it's a great lunch break. (laughs) And then before the sun sets, I do it all over again. So when you say you come in in the afternoon and do some work, you're doing um, like website consulting, right? Yes, we do that. Um, I do website consulting and graphic design. And there's this sort of one thing that's so interesting about your story is it's weird to say to me this feels like Jake, you have the craziest life I could ever imagine. Um, in part because I'm like, to be honest with you, not really an animal lover. Sure. <laughs> but so you have this crazy life. But and there's almost a trend here. You know, there's been a lot of pieces about women leaving their sort of very high powered corporate jobs literally to move to farms. Have you interacted with other women that have done this? Like, you know, how aware of you are this sort of this like I- surprising trend? I searched and searched for people doing this, and I found a lot of couples. Mm. I could not find one single female doing this. Um, and so I didn't really have any models, um, so I, I had to jump into it. But I, there's a lot, there's a whole farm community out there, people who have left their jobs um, in the city or just left their city lives to have um, a lifestyle closer to nature. And so you, I'm not alone in that. You're not alone. And do you have a lot of people reaching out to you now saying, Jake, I want to do what you're doing? How did you do yes. it? I actually have several single females who have gone through um, troubling times in their lives, and they've been reaching out because they want to do this as well, and they're, and they're looking for advice, which I'm happy to give. And, what is, and, and since Jake uh, has moved, you know, she's that was about four years ago, um, we feature a couple of other women in the story who have done a similar thing since then and and um, moved to farms as single women who didn't really have any experience farming. And 
Um, oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, and a lot of them use that the hashtag on Instagram, Girl Farmer, um, to kind of like swap some info or just as kind of a support community. And oh, that's good to know. Yeah. yeah. So Jake, you were a trendsetter. Everyone's following <laughs> in your footsteps. When these <laughs> when these people reach out to you and they say, "I want to do this," what is the most common question people ask you? Just like, "How did you do it?" Right. How How did I do it? Was I afraid? Um, just basically, how did I start? Right. And um, you know, I this lifestyle isn't for everyone. I I'm certainly not trying to tell everyone to give up their life and move to a farm. It's not about my specific lifestyle. For me, it's more about empowering people by being a model for giving yourself permission to right. take a chance on yourself. And for taking and that was the whole risk. point. For sure. Yeah, for ta- absolutely. If you know, stop putting your life on hold for everyone else because eventually you, you're going to be left with yourself. So don't be afraid to take that risk just because you have to do it alone or you may have to do it alone. Um, and but is, speaking of sorry. being on your own, is it safe to assume that you make a little bit less money now than you did in your old life? It's very safe to say that. <laughs> do you miss that at all? <laughs> I do. Um, you know, but I went through a weird transformation of trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted. And I, I kind of had this because I didn't have any models at the time for mm-hmm. this. So I thought, well, if I'm going to do this, then, you know, obviously it's, I'm, I'm going to shun some of the things from my past. Um, and I, over the years I've discovered I don't need to shun everyone, everything that I was prior, that you can have a happy medium. You can find that, that nice balance and it's going to be different for everyone. For me, oh yeah, I, I still love Gucci. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, I think that is a really good point, though, is it in some ways it feels like, you know, talking about your life in this sort of simplistic way we've presenting it is like leaving her six figure job to run a goat farm. It seems sort of like you did this strict 180 um, and it's almost this like black and white change in your life. But you can be a hashtag girl farmer and still like your Gucci. That's perfectly fine. And you still do some of your consulting work and stuff. I do. Yeah. And I'm also um, turning the farm into a, a nonprofit, educational nonprofit, because a lot of what we do, or a lot of what I do, it, I say we, meaning me and the animals. Um, <laughs> we educate a lot of local schools and children and families about sustainability and the food system. So, um, so I'm figuring things out. But That's I think. Amazing. I think it'll be a great, a great nonprofit, a great educational nonprofit. So it's not going to be just me doing some marketing consulting. Yeah, but that is interesting to thinking about this, thinking about you taking the skills that you did have in your own life and applying them to your to your new situation, even though, again, it seems so different. Sure. Exactly. So how have relationships with friends and family changed since making this huge move? Mm, I have a thicker filter for um, what I'll allow into my life Interesting. Um, in regards to obligations, um, commitments. Um, I value my time and other people's time a lot, a lot more than, than I did before. What do you mean by that? Um, it's the most valuable thing I have and anyone has. Yeah. And, you know, before it was billable hours, billable hours, but it was chalking things up to money. And now I realize that, that that time is precious. So if I'm giving some of my time, 
that's the most valuable thing I have. And that my perception has changed. I'm much more present now in my relationships, but there are fewer relationships. And what has been the most challenging part of the lifestyle? Doing it solo. Yeah. Especially if I'm ill. Um, yeah. What do you do need, when something like that happens? If I you have like anyway. a three day flu. Okay. So you just get yeah, up and go. Oh, yeah. I, I've actually written a couple of blogs about it. It is, it is really bad. And, and what happens is your illness stays on longer. So if you have a fever, you're going to, it's going to hang on for longer. Do because you, you're still have having you, to get out and exert yourself. Right. Have you gotten any help from the local farming community or have you, you know, really built up a network? Yeah, built up a network in your in the farm world? Um, not really. I, I was they some people have definitely stepped forward to help, but I had to kind of pay my dues mm-hmm. to get some credibility with the legit farmers. <laughs> you know, the people who didn't live in a city. I think they just you know, there's there's a trust that has to be earned mm-hmm. that, um, you know, I'm I'm the prissy, preppy farmer. Yeah. Wannabe, you know, and I, you know, my animals have pink collars and I carry <laughs> them around and I hug on them. And <laughs> it's, it's not normal when you, you know, for a, a farm farmer to see that mm-hmm. someone who's, you know, really caring for their for their livestock. So and- now I have people I can call on, but that hasn't always been the case. And what is the most rewarding part? Hmm, there's a lot. Um, not waking up to an alarm clock mm-hmm. is wonderful. Um, spending time with, with animals who appreciate you and seek you out, to you know, that they want attention and affection. Um, that's pretty wonderful to see them flourish because that's a testament to my ability to care for them. Um, I mean, it, it's just all across the board. It's having having great food. Um, like my my farm is is a mini grocery store for me. Right. You, so there, there's a lot of, of things that I would I would say. Something you mentioned really rang true to me and some of the women on our staff, which is that sometimes a lot of jobs now, you know, they're so intangible you're just sitting at a computer and it's like where is this even going um Mm -hmm. but you're I mean you're delivering babies and you're dealing with life and death every single day which feels so Mm -hmm. tangible and meaningful in a in a unique way yeah absolutely um and I've scared the crap out of myself every step of the way (laughs) I mean my very first the very first babies I had, I, I had to help the delivery mm-hmm. and I did the whole thing crying like a baby mm-hmm. <laughs> and scared to death and there was no one to call. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's just you're dealing with life or death every single day. Um, that sounds terrifying to me, no. <laughs> <laughs> but also also really inspiring. And Jake, before we have to let you go, is there anything else you want to say to listeners who are maybe listening to your story and thinking, I wonder if I could ever... Yeah, if it scares you, but also excites you, maybe you should explore it. If it's something that nags at you, consistently piques your interest, then it deserves to be honored and have faith in your desires. I love that. Thank you so much, Jake. We really appreciate you sharing your story with and all the adorable photos with Cosmo and then again on the podcast now. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. 
So, Emma, we talked to a couple that is traveling the world and managing to pay for it. We talked to a woman that gave up her high-paying job to move to a goat farm. And we talked to a couple that is living the tiny house life. What do you feel like – you're familiar with all these stories already. Mm -hmm. Anything new you learned today about escapes? Any pieces of inspiration? I mean, I'm always – honestly, editing this was such a a challenge for me because uh, I – really want all their lives Um, (laughs) although you want to love on the animals (laughs) I want to love on the animals so hard the tiny house is a hard sell mainly because they don't have wi-fi oh (laughs) um so that is tough um but I do kind of get the draw of only having a few outfits and I know that's like sacrilege to say but I kind of like having a uniform type thing that I just kind of wear the same type of thing every day right you could see how that I mean you could see how there would be a joy in that Mm -hmm. in not having to make that decision every day and only really having what you need and I think Kendra said it exactly perfectly which is it forces you to really think about the utility of what you need your clothes for Mm -hmm. versus the sort of like fashion decision yeah and then I think another thing I was kind of inspired by was the um the how far from home couple when they say you know we had all these travel goals like we wanted to whatever mush with dogs in Norway and it's like yeah how would you ever be able to do that and they just kind of found creative ways to make that happen you know they work on a husky ranch like a few hours a day which isn't that much work right and then they get to stay there for free and hang out with the dogs and whatever right and I thought something just very real that they said was sort of like we didn't go out to dinner very much the year that we were sort of saving (laughs) up to do this and I think with a lot of these travel Instagrammers we really see the glamour of what they're doing and you sort of forget that they're you know they kept using that word sacrifice Mm -hmm. and I think it's kind of like you know I get it. I get it. It's not yeah. all glorious Instagrams. Yeah. And, and you have to be chill with some not uh, not very posh living situations. Most of the, the three couples that we interviewed for that story, the, the common theme was that the big place they save money is in where they stay. So they stay in hostels or they stay in these work kind of work situations where you work a little bit during the day and you can stay for free. But... They are not staying in five-star hotels. Right. It's not all marble bathrooms. No. And yeah, exactly. Which, when I imagine escapes, it pretty much, yeah, that's what but it is. But you get these amazing experiences in return, so you kind of have to weigh, like, what's more important to you, these experiences or having a nice place to sleep. Right. <laughs> Which, <laughs> that's and, your own thing, I guess. Right. That's your own thing. But I have to say, all of these people we talked to sounded so happy. It mm-hmm. kind of does make you want to just move off the grid and escape. Mm-hmm. So I'm so glad you put this package together. I actually think it's a perfect timing the beginning of the new year I think everyone goes into 2017 feeling a little like where am I going this year what do I want my life to be also the country is changing so much at this particular moment in time I think Mm -hmm. people are really thinking about escaping maybe more than they had been in the past so Emma I'm so glad you put this together everyone head to cosmopolitan.com right now to read all of these pieces they will inspire you to find your own tiny house whatever that means for you and you can also engage with us at cosmopolitan on twitter and instagram share pictures from your own escape live um we're going to be regramming photos on instagram and things like that all week to sort of take a moment to celebrate escapism Mm -hmm. 
And Emma, where is the best place, in addition to reading all these stories on Cosmo, for people to chat with you? I'm on Twitter at Emma June, E-M-M-A, and then June, like the month. Like the month. And as always, I am at Elisa Benson on Twitter and Insta and Snapchat. Thank you guys so much for tuning in every week. I hope this is an escapist hour in your own life. I just can't stop saying the word escape now. I think I need to go on vacation. Okay, I'm going to do that soon. But thank you all for listening. I will see you guys next week. Bye. such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.